Do you know what the secret is to keep a baby's skin healthy? The secret is a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. You've heard me talk about Pampers Swaddlers on our podcast many, many times now, and that's because Pampers Swaddlers is the diaper for healthy baby skin. Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better than the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. And if you're a fan of Pampers, you've got to check out their new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, which clean better than Huggies Natural Care and are five times stronger, so they resist tearing during a diaper change. With Free and Gentle, mess meets its match. And if you're like me and you love saving and getting rewarded for something you gotta buy anyway, like diapers, don't forget to download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. You can redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers free and gentle wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Hi everyone. Welcome to Living Well with Janet, where we explore different health and wellness topics to enrich our ever-evolving personal practices. I'm your host, Janet. Today's episode is about a subject that I struggle with a lot. It is one of the core tenets of health, a basic and primary part of wellness critical even. Ever since I was young, I have had challenges with sleep. Now don't get me wrong, it's not every night. I definitely have periods where I sleep quite well, but for the most part, I have a really hard time achieving consistent, solid sleep. Now there are so many aspects to healthy sleep. There's falling asleep, staying asleep, a wind-down routine, a wake-up routine, total number of hours of sleep versus quality or number of deep sleep cycles, etc, etc. But the place that I always end up back at when it comes to sleep is bedtime. And the voice I always hear in my head is my mother's urging, Janet, don't stay up so late. You'll ruin your health. Early to bed, early to rise. The early bird gets the worm. But from a young age, I have always been a natural night owl. And I have tried to shift my schedule around many times with moments of success. But it always seems to come back to the same pattern eventually. When I was young, it was always a struggle to get up for school, and a lot of my first couple of jobs had early morning meetings. I did adjust during these periods of my life, but like I said, it felt like it was against my nature. Eventually, I landed in an industry that catered to these later night habits. As a UX designer and technology, many of my teams would start work around 10 a.m., a little later in the day, and this is because many of them, like me, like to work at night. So then I thought, okay, well, maybe some people are just natural night owls, and maybe it's okay to just embrace my natural nature. But recently, while setting some new year goals, and also with a new partner who gets up at 6am for work calls, I decided that it was time to revisit this realm of health again. Does the early bird really catch the worm? Is being a night owl really so bad? Or maybe it doesn't matter when you sleep, as long as you get the proper amount. I did a little research and I found some interesting takeaways. Firstly, studies show that night owls and those who wake up later actually are smarter and more creative than their early rising counterparts. Huh, okay, so maybe being a night owl isn't such a bad thing after all. But then I found that night owls may be at higher risk for type 2 diabetes and heart disease. In this particular study, night owls were more sedentary, had lower aerobic fitness levels, and burned less fat at rest and while active than early birds. Ugh, okay, well that sounds kind of bad. 
being a night owl can actually really negatively affect your physical health. And then I read an article that described how early birds tend to find society more accommodating than night owls. And this makes sense. I think if you think about our society, we really function in a world that is kind of catered to early risers. And because early risers generally will have easier time adjusting to these schedules, they will have a higher chance of being successful and happy in the workplace and, you know, just operating in day-to-day -day society. And that one I found interesting because it's not so much an effect on your physical health. It's saying that being a night owl can actually impact how well you adjust to social patterns and impact your emotional and mental well-being. But then I hit a point in my research that really shifted the way that I looked at everything. According to clinical psychologist Michael J. Brew, PhD, who specializes in sleep and sleep disorders, there are actually four unique sleep chronotypes. First, what is a chronotype? A chronotype is your body's natural inclination to be awake or asleep at certain times of day and is based on your genetics, age, and gender. Each chronotype has different ideal sleep-wake schedules according to their different internal clocks. Based on his analysis, it's not about one chronotype being better than another, but rather learning about ways to best work with your natural biological clock to achieve good sleep habits. Once you figure out your chronotype, you can figure out how to work with your body versus against it. Hmm, I found that to be incredibly interesting. So what are these four chronotypes? You can go to sleepdoctor.com and take a quiz to figure out which of these four you are. I'll also link the quiz in the show notes. The first type is the lion, which is the traditional early bird. Early to bed, early to rise. That's a good way to summarize this chronotype. People who are lions tend to wake up early in the morning and are most productive in the hours before noon. They're at their best when they can immediately get started with their day's to-do list and get things done sooner rather than later. After finishing their day and winding down in the early evening, lions tend to fall asleep early, usually by 9 or 10 p.m. Okay, I'm definitely not a lion. <laughs> the next type is the wolf, or what we would traditionally know as maybe the night owl. Now, the wolf takes up about 15 to 20% of society. And uh, going back to the lion, they also take up about 15 to 20% of society. Odds are, we all know someone who is not a morning person. <clears throat> yep, that's me. These people almost certainly have the wolf chronotype. People of this type are most energetic, waking up later in the day. They are most productive between noon and 4 p.m. and also get boosts of energy during the evening. Huh, okay. That sounds more fitting like me. There are two more types that this theory covers. The first is the bear, which is actually the most common chronotype. About 55% of people fall under the category of a bear. People with this intermediate chronotype are generally most productive before noon and begin feeling declines in energy in the late afternoon, and they begin winding down for sleep in the early evening. The sleep-wake cycle of bears is very much aligned with the sun, so it is most natural for them to rise and set with the sun as well. The fourth type, which is only about 10% of society, is the dolphin. Now, of all the chronotypes, the dolphin is the hardest to create a set schedule around, since people of this type tend to have trouble finding a sleep schedule that works for them. Dolphins tend to be very intelligent, but also high-strung, sensitive sleepers who are often easily disturbed by noise or light. A dolphin's fragmented sleep patterns often overlap with symptoms of insomnia, which may or may not be indicative of the disorder itself. But there is good news, because dolphin types actually have an excellent window of productivity. They tend to work 
very productively between the hours of 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. every day. Now, according to thesleepdoctor.com, each of these types has an ideal bedtime and an ideal wake time. For the lion, which is the early bird, the ideal bedtime is 10.10 p.m. and the ideal wake time is 6 a.m. For bears, which is most of society, the majority of people, the ideal bedtime is 11.10 p.m. and ideal rise time is 7 a.m. For wolves, which are the night owls, ideal bedtime is midnight and ideal time to wake up is 7 a.m. For dolphins, only about 10% of society that kind of tends to struggle with sleep maybe, the ideal time to go to bed is 11.50 p.m. and the ideal time to get up in the morning is 6.30 a.m. So to be honest, as a self-described, uh, I don't know, either wolf or dolphin, even midnight seems a bit early to get to bed for me. It would definitely take some work for me to transition to follow this schedule. So if you're like me and you're finding that your prescribed chronotype schedule is a bit challenging to follow based on your current habits, here are some key things that they suggest you can do to adjust. First is to eat at the right times. They suggest that you avoid eating close to bedtime. And usually the best practice is to stop eating three hours before. Otherwise, your body is working to digest food while you're trying to fall asleep, which makes it challenging to fall asleep. This is definitely one that I can work on. I have a really bad habit of eating late into the night and snacking right before bed. So putting that on my list of things to work on. The second thing you can do to help adjust your schedule is around caffeine. Stop your caffeine intake at least six hours before bedtime. Now, this one for me personally, I think I'm doing okay on. I have been drinking more green tea recently rather than coffee, and generally I will stop around uh, early afternoon. The third thing you can do to help adjust your schedule is to have a consistent time that you go to bed and that you wake up. This means the same time, whether it's a weekday or a weekend, that you're going to bed and also the same time waking up in the morning. So even if you're not able to head to bed as early as your chronotype suggests or wake up at the time that your chronotype suggests, still choosing the same time to go to bed and the same time to get up can lead to better sleep. And I can definitely vouch for this. There have been times when I'll go to bed super late and maybe not be getting up as early as I'd like, but as long as I'm kind of doing the same schedule day to day, my energy feels pretty good versus those times when I might be getting more hours of sleep, but I'm sleeping at all different times. I tend to find that I'm not feeling as good. So these are some great tips to adjust to your ideal sleep schedule based on your chronotype. And say maybe you're like me, and in order to get on schedule with your chronotype sleep schedule, uh, you have to get to bed earlier than you do right now. In fact, maybe you're trying to change your bedtime by a lot. Like for me, it's like by one to three hours. Here are some tips that I've gathered from the internet, as well as some friends who've successfully made the transition. Do you know what the secret is to keep a baby's skin healthy? The secret is a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. You've heard me talk about Pampers Swathers on our podcast many, many times now, and that's because Pampers Swathers is the diaper for healthy baby skin. Pampers Swathers absorbs wetness better than a leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. And if you're a fan of Pampers, you've got to check out their new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, which clean better than Huggies Natural Care and are five times stronger, so they resist tearing during a diaper change. With free and gentle, mess meets its match. And if you're like me and you love saving and getting rewarded for something you gotta buy anyway, like diapers, don't forget to download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. 
You can redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers free and gentle wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. So one of the first tips I found around getting to bed earlier is to adjust by small time increments. Shift your bedtime 15 minutes earlier each night consecutively until you hit the ideal bedtime. I found this to be mind-boggling. It sounds so simple. I just don't know why I never thought about that. Every time I've tried to change my sleep schedule to go to bed earlier, I will try to shift it by like an hour or two. And of course, when you make such a drastic change like that, it's going to be really hard for it to be sustainable and for you to stick to it. So I'm going to try this tip of shifting my bedtime by 15 minute increments so that it's a smaller difference each time. The second tip I found is around light exposure. Now, I think we all have heard that it's, you know, using your phones late into the night is bad for you because of the blue light that comes from those screens that keep you up. Well, this is definitely true. And if you're trying to get to bed earlier, you want to limit the amount of exposure you're having to light in general earlier in the day, um, especially the blue light that comes from devices. The third tip I found, which is nice and I definitely plan on trying, is uh, before going to bed, think of something the next day that you want to get up for. Now, I think this could be effective for two reasons. One, I don't know about you, but the last thing on my mind before I go to bed tends to be around the things that I have to get done the next day or some problem I'm trying to solve or or something. Basically, it's around something that's like stressing me out and probably going to keep me up or leave me in a not so great mood. If I'm thinking about something positive, my mind will likely be at a better state to relax and go into sleep. That also means that hopefully I'm finding a reason for tomorrow to be very exciting and want to get up early. Now, there are also a couple of tips I found to help change my habits to get up earlier. One is to find a positive alarm sound. And this, I will say, for me, has been a game changer. I recently opted to go outside of the box of default sound settings in my phone and purchased an ocean sound effect track to wake up to. Now, this has definitely made my mornings and my wake-up experience all a lot less jarring and a lot more pleasant. Secondly, before we talked about turning down the lights to get to bed, but you can also turn on the lights to assist in waking up. According to Dr. Phyllis Z, director of the Center for Circadian and Sleep Medicine at Northwestern University Feinberg School of Medicine in Illinois, light in the morning changes the oscillation of your circadian clock genes at both a cellular and molecular level. You're also training all your rhythms, whether it's sleep, blood pressure, heart rate, or your cortisol rhythm, to be earlier. Now, they recommend natural sunlight as best, but if that's not possible, you can also use artificial light, best if it's along the blue spectrum. Now, this tip is actually one that my boyfriend shared with me. He is naturally a night owl, but had to adjust his sleep schedule to accommodate for early morning work meetings. He bought these light bulbs where you can set a time that they will automatically turn on during the day. For him, he found that, you know, setting his alarm, but then also setting the lights to automatically turn on at a certain time would be effective in helping him wake up. I sleep with an eye mask, so this is not always effective for me. But I do often find that my eye mask comes off during sleep and then in the morning, um, you know, the light coming on does kind of help assist in me waking up. Now, this third tip is one that I found quite clever. It's a bit of an evolution on one that I've already heard about, which is to put your phone or your alarm source away from your bed so you have to get out of bed to turn it off. Well, 
A way to do this even more cleverly is to put your phone or that alarm source close to the first step of your morning routine. That way, not only are you already out of bed, but you're already so close to the next thing to do so that it's easier to just get your day started versus going back to bed. So those are some tips that I'm personally going to be trying to adjust to my chronotype-suggested sleep schedule. I'm curious for those of you out there, if you have other tips to, uh, you know, get to bed earlier or wake up earlier, or if you try any of these, let me know how they go for you in the comments. Before we wrap this episode, there were a couple of other things about chronotypes that I wanted to share with you. Firstly, it's completely possible and actually quite common to be in between chronotypes or a hybrid of them. Bear types, which are actually the most common type, are more likely to be a hybrid and share lion traits or wolf traits or dolphin traits. So if you take the quiz and you feel like you're not fitting exactly in one of the four, just know that you could be some combination. Also, it's very common to transition from one chronotype to another. For example, as night owls age, they tend to turn into early birds. And this is a common transition that I can actually say I've heard anecdotally from a couple of my friends who are night owls, including my own dad, who is a night owl and shared with me that as he, you know, reached a certain age, his sleep schedule kind of shifted a bit. Thank you for listening to this episode of Living Well with Janet. No matter your relationship with sleep, whether you doze off easily every night, are one of those types who seem to only need five hours every night, or struggle with consistent sleep like me, I hope you found this episode at least interesting and learned something new that you plan to try out in your own personal sleep routine. Moreover, a key message I want to leave you with is that no one specific chronotype is better or worse than another. It is an innate part of who you are based on your genetics, gender, and age. And identifying your chronotype can empower you to make lifestyle choices that are best suited for you. Knowing your peak productivity hours can help you organize your day and seek professions and work settings that match. Likewise, knowing the times of day when you are naturally less functional can allow you to plan your personal and social life accordingly. Learn to work with your natural rhythm versus against it. The first step is to figure out your sleep chronotype. I have linked the quiz in the show notes, or you can just go ahead and Google the sleep doctor and it should come up. I'm super curious what everyone's sleep chronotype is. If you could leave an emoji of your chronotype in the comments of the IG post for this episode, I'd love to see what everyone's chronotype is. And if you enjoyed the rest of this episode, please leave a sleep emoji of some kind as well. Once again, this is your host, Janet. I can also be found on Asian Boss Girl, the podcast for the modern-day Asian-American woman with my good friends, Helen and Mel, who are also hosting their own shows, which you can catch on the same feed, new episodes every Tuesday. You can follow ABG on Instagram at Asian Boss Girl and me at Janet W. That's Janet, the word double, and the letter U. 